Hi, I'm Charles Evans with another episode of the Long Bay Symphony's Speaking of the Arts. As summer begins and this strange COVID year winds down, I wanted to take a break from talking about the hardships that the arts have faced and instead deal with some lighter subject matter. So my friend and colleague Tim Cook joins me to trade stories of funny mistakes that have happened to us in performances over the years. A sort of bloopers episode. I hope you enjoy it. You know, we've spent a lot of time this past year as we started this, uh, this uh, series of uh, speaking of the arts, uh, you know, talking about COVID. And, you know, it's, like I said, I'm kind of sick of talking about it. would rather talk about other things. So as I was thinking of what to do for right now as we're approaching the summer and all that, I thought, you know, I want to get back together again with my friend and colleague Tim Cook whom you know from previous episodes, but uh, if you don't know, he's the, uh, he's the director of uh, choral activities at Coastal Carolina University, also the director of the adult choir at First Presbyterian Church in Myrtle Beach, and of course, the director of the uh, Carolina Master Chorale, with whom we, the symphony, interfaces on a regular basis. So, uh, thanks for joining me. In fact, I'm joining you. We have this lovely outdoor setting in uh, Tim and Jonelle's backyard, so uh, it's nice to uh, enjoy this weather. Now, if you hear the hum of motorcycles, you understand it's uh, approaching uh, bike weekend. So, anyway, I thought we would talk, though, about some of our funniest or most harrowing experiences, as I think from time to time we realize, or it comes up, you know, what kind of crazy things have happened over the years. So, I, I was just talking to you about, uh, you know, we. Tim and I both are uh, Eastman graduates, and uh, my first year there, I uh, I was conducting like a, one of my project performances, uh, the Haryanosh Suite by Kodai, and uh, I started off. I had the whole thing memorized. You know, it had that intensity of a of a student trying to prove himself. Got out there and got rolling with the performance right after a big climactic beginning. Uh, the music subsides and comes down just to a pedal note, a lot of quiet, whereupon someone from the audience shouts, more percussion! Well, it turned out that this guy was a heckler. He had just come in off the street. If you know anything about Rochester, it's, it's in uh, a downtown that's not, not the greatest downtown, and uh, it's a little bit unsafe. But somebody had wandered in, and decided to just check it out and decided to uh, make some editorial comments in the middle of it. And this went on for the entire first section and I uh, ended up spinning around at the end of it, knowing, uh, hearing where this guy was and I pointed at him and I said, you, out, now. And he got up and, and walked out and I got a like huge applause for that. Not for my piece, but Anyway, it was kind of a funny moment. Do you have anything crazy like that that's happened Oh, to you? just so many, you know, over, over the course of uh, hundreds of concerts. Sooner or later, something's bound to happen. Yeah. Um, one that I consider among my most uh, humiliating. I'll just, I'll, I'll start oh, right off the very, bat with yeah, that. Uh, I was uh, a member of the uh, chamber choir at the Aspen Music Festival one summer, 19... 88 I think it was and uh, I was just you know getting started in my career and and uh, I think I'd, I was uh, just finished a master's degree and uh, had an opportunity to do some summer study I'd been at the Oregon Bach Festival already that summer 
And the chamber choir in Aspen is nice because it's sort of, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not a paid position, but you don't have to, it's a scholarship position. So you can live in Aspen for free for, yeah. you know, for nine weeks or whatever it was, yeah, which is, is a pretty nice place yeah. to live. Yeah. Actually, I guess it was just five weeks. We were half of that summer session. Uh, but anyway, uh, we gave an afternoon concert one time, you know, in the tent. You've been to Aspen, and the, oh, yeah. and the, um, the tent is where all the big concerts happen in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And so uh, we gave a student conductor comp uh, concert. We had some, some conductors within the chamber choir who were um, uh, fledgling professionals, and, and um, one of them wanted to conduct a Bach cantata, and it had a, a baritone solo. And so they asked members of the choir to audition for it and I, it turned out I, I might have won the audition but I was the only one who auditioned so I won and so I was to sing an aria as part of this uh, uh, recital in the afternoon in a, in a Bach cantata and my aria was accompanied just by continuo so so that's um, you know, cello and uh, harpsichord and the uh, conductor uh, and I'm standing next to the conductor and somewhere around measure seven or eight the cellist got lost <laughs> and never found his place again. And, and the arias maybe the arias maybe four minutes long. And so I'm trying to sing with a bass line that doesn't match the harmony that I'm singing, and and she can't get the and and so at one point I even stopped. She being the conductor. At one point I, I even stopped. I knew where my next entrance was, but I thought, mm. and then she started to try to tell me where I was supposed to be. <laughs> and I, I said, I know where I'm supposed to be, you know, yeah. I was trying to say this on, anyway, when it was over, and in the audience were a lot of luminaries too, and, and so when the, when the concert was over, I remember heading straight for the back door and throwing my folder out the back door, and I turned around and standing there was the great tenor George Shirley, <laughs> and he had come to console me because he knew exactly, he says, oh, I know okay. exactly what happened, he All says, right. that's well, happened that's to me good. before, and, yeah. But I, that happened to me in front of, I don't know, several hundred people, including a number of famous people on yeah. Yeah, my singing debut at the Aspen uh, Music Festival. Yeah, gosh. Well, it, it makes me think of timing issues, uh, which are so critical. because you, you take it for granted that everything's rocking along just fine, but then if you get to a crucial point, and I can remember uh, years ago doing a performance of the Pines of Rome, and, you know, it's... All that stuff, and there's one moment where all of the motion stops. It gets to this big climax, and it sort of moves, I believe, to F major, and the the oboe plays the tune. It's just silence, and then he comes in, but he didn't come in until a measure later. Oh, no. And so half the orchestra is going with the count, right. and the other half's going with the missed solo. Mm. Boy, that's that's yeah. Awful when the orchestra's thing. in two different places. And the terrible. funny thing is, I guess if you're going to have a bad performance like that, a marred performance, you might as well just get them all in, mm -hmm. because you are aware, I'm sure, that in the uh, in the slow section, the slow movement of it, there are bird calls that right. that Respighi at the time put right. on a little uh, recording. Little, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, so you're supposed to play these to embellish the delicate right. sounds of the orchestra. And of course, I had checked. I, I have a whole category of things you can never be too careful of. We were going to talk about. But um, my executive director with this orchestra was sort of running that. And he got the recording. We had set the levels. But we get to this, this delicate point toward the end of the movement. And this, the violins are just, you know, trilling in very high, you know, just ethereal sounds. And all of a sudden, it felt like 
a whole pack of eagles had come in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my hair stood up on the back of my oh, head. That's oh funny. my god! You know, so I mean, as long as you're going to get stuff like that in, right. you might as well get it. You know, get it out of the way. And then I had another one of those situations. It's always any of the extra stuff I think for for orchestra, like if you you have a recording that's anything that has to be integrated or or, right. or an, a special player right. you know something like that right so we were doing bolero uh and you know for celeste it's one of the things i've always said you know i'll know i've arrived if when there's a celeste part we actually have a real celeste <laughs> <laughs> and that i've never really arrived there and they're, they're less and less common because they're expensive and they get messed up right so they're we all rely on electronics right. but there's danger in Right. So we're doing Bolero and there's this wonderful part where it is sort of like has the organ stop I guess a fifth above and right. the celeste is playing that tune that right. comes over and over. Well something happened to the setting and it was a Hammond organ sound. <laughs> so for that whole passage it's just like oh my god. So I've got one just like that uh, when I was um, you know, training, you know I trained under a conductor named Kenneth Kiesler and I served as his assistant for four years. And my hometown, Springfield, Illinois, is conductor of the Illinois Symphony, and so I did you know everything you know I bowed parts and you know attended yeah. rehearsals and and um, so he needed uh, there was an outdoor concert with the 1812 overture on it and he, oh, needed, yeah. he needed somebody they couldn't move the chimes for some reason they didn't have chimes and so he decided to have the chimes played from an electronic instrument yeah there you just so, trouble right there so he, he asked my mother. <laughs> Was a very fine keyboard player, but has zero experience with anything electronic. Asked my mother to cover that part, and so I, I didn't even think to check when the thing got mm -hmm. set up. You know, I didn't even think to you know go up and check and make sure it was set. She'd been done very nicely on a rehearsal. The instrument hadn't moved since the rehearsal, and so I was in the audience listening to the 1812, and it came to the part with the chimes, and all of a sudden it sounded a little bit more like Star Wars. <laughs> there was some space sound, you know, amplified at a very loud yeah, level, yeah. and a crowd of about 2,500 people outdoors, you know, and, and so I remember jumping out of my chair and running as fast as I could around behind the, and up onto the stage. Well, it's sort of too late anyway. And, and, yeah, it probably took me about 25 seconds to get there, you know, right. and, and Ken Kiesler's looking at me like he was about ready to, you know, pop out of his skin, and, and I... <laughs> dialed the thing back to the chime and we went on you know oh god well at, at 1812 is just you know ripe for for situations right. i have a great one that i was not personally involved with but i was told and it was with the denver symphony back when it was i think it's different now but um, my teacher had had been associate conductor there and uh, uh, told me this little story about they're doing 1812 with howitzer cannons on the next hill, right. mm -hmm. you know and so they took, and of course, this is probably like refining the story, but they took a viola player out of the orchestra. They always get the bad rap. But they took a viola player out of the orchestra to help cue the, um, the cannons and with a flashlight. So he's sitting off in the distance, you know, to, to make his cue. And uh, they're playing the first part of the overture. And he thought to himself, I wonder if the, the batteries are good. <laughs> Oops. So he cupped the thing like this, uh -huh. and he, he just wanted to check, and he yeah. did that once. Bam! <laughs> so he didn't know what else to do, so he's desperately signaling, and of course, all the cannons go off. <laughs> and the best thing yeah. is, that when they got to the cannon moment, 
No more ammo. <laughs> of course. No, the cannon moment is usually the problem in that piece. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it a number of different ways. But too, I, I yeah. love that story. That's yeah. so funny. That's yeah, a good one. But yeah, and the, along the lines of you can't be too careful, uh, years ago we were doing, I think it was our first Halloween concert here, and uh, Philip Powell was playing the Totentanz uh, list, you know, which uses the DAC array. And, uh, you know, you just, there are all these little things like you got to watch out, and if you don't, something's going to happen. So the piano's off stage, of course, and it's about to be wheeled on for him to perform. Well, you know those, um, what do you call those, those little grates that cover up the AC outlets? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Well, uh, they're just very, very hard metal and have a uh -huh. you know, very firm uh, door on them. Well, someone had left one open. And so at the moment when the piano was to be wheeled out, they, they got on it, and as soon as they got a little bit further on, that door was propped up the opposite way, made contact with the lyre, with the pedal system of the piano. And you could hear it, it was like felling a tree. It was like... <laughs> and so, you know, you can imagine Philip, he's just like, oh my God. And we propped up the whole mechanism with books. Oh my gosh. You know, it's just like, oh wow. man. Wow, was it a Steinway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, uh, you yeah. just... There are just so many variables. I, uh, when I first started with the Master Crowl, you might remember this story, it was my second year with the Master Crowl, and I was just getting to know the choir and the audience and the programming and so forth. And I, I programmed a piece that I love, but you know, I'm, I might not, you know, haven't done it again since. I love the piece, but maybe, you know, I've learned about you know what's right for this Must be situation. The well, the, it was it I was near that, that yeah, yeah it was near that concert, but the one that went went um, wrong was the uh, Charpentier uh, midnight Mass for huh. Noels. This beautiful little yeah. Midnight Mass for strings, choir, and soloists based on these little French Noels or Christmas carols. It's a really um, charming little Baroque piece, and um, I think you, maybe you have to have a certain, um, you know, openness to you know music like that. I mean, other people might find it a little slow or boring. I don't know, but anyway, I, I was really excited about doing this charming piece, and um, and at Christmas time, and uh, I didn't realize that I had a tenor soloist with emotional problems. Uh, he, this was a person who was really very uh, accomplished and so forth, but the person did not show for the concert. The tenor soloist, who had a significant, a large role, did not show for the concert. Wouldn't answer phone calls, nothing. And so a member of the choir, who was not a tenor, but was a pretty good musician, stepped forward and said, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And I couldn't think of anybody else to call. You know, no one would know the piece. We either had to cancel or somebody had to virtually sight read. There was almost no notice, you know. And so I decided to let this uh, baritone from the choir sing the solo. And um, uh, it, it was a disaster. <laughs> uh, all the way through, I thought, Wow, that's the worst mistake I've made in a long time. Yeah. You know, I guess the right thing to do, I don't know what the right thing to do is, cancel the performance, give people their money back. I, I don't know, you get in a yeah, situation yeah. like that. Yeah, you, you live and learn, but you, yeah. you can't eradicate all of those things. Like, you can't be too careful, right. that kind of thing. I had a similar situation uh, years ago doing the, uh, the um, what is it, uh, on Christmas carols, the uh, Vaughn oh, yeah. Williams. The, 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 uh, uh, I can't remember the... 
first one, name. Oh yeah, the, um, you mean the uh, yeah, you know the fantasy on the yeah Fantasia. fantasy on, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a local baritone do that part, and uh -huh. he sounded great. We met. Yeah. And yeah. He could not count. He could not follow. And the whole thing was just like that. It was oh, just golly. a train wreck oh. from beginning to end. He couldn't uh -huh. do. It. And so it's like, yep. You have to be a little bit more careful and uh -huh. see if people have any experience in front of an orchestra or right. something like yeah. that. But, uh, you probably don't run into this much uh, working with professional solos, but you know, with um, college solos sometimes. I've conducted some concerto concerts where, where the yeah. soloist gets lost. So that's, that's fun. Yeah. I, I specifically remember a Beethoven, uh, a movement from an, the Emperor Concerto, and I remember a fantastic pianist. I mean, she practiced all the time and, and her technique was incredible, but she got nervous. And she got lost, and she I, I, and as matter, she kept going back to the same place, you know. And then finally, I had to had to just stop it and say, you know, orchestra forty eight, and then the orchestra, and then she recognized that moment and jumped in, and we made it to the end. But you know, yeah, like there was a, yeah. you know a place in the middle where we were just in a loop, and we had. <laughs> yeah, it's a strategy that you may have encountered, and certainly my my piano teacher was like this. Just like you memorize in chunks. And if you have a memory slip and it's not working out, you just right, go. right. But you not with do, an orchestra. But not with an orchestra, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I was thinking that way, and and, yeah. I, and I remembered there was a big pillar in the music coming up, yeah. and so everybody, I don't know what it was, you know, letter L. Yeah, it's it's amazing and, yeah. how you just th have to think on your feet. I have right. a, I have a story that's just like I I had a separate category in my mind for the most harrowing moments, uh -huh. and this is one. I may have told it to you, but. Years ago, we uh, we ended up, I think, in all doing three silent films here because I, I had been involved in a silent film festival in Arkansas and sort of transported the idea here. So we did that um, Thief of Baghdad with Douglas Fairbanks uh -huh, Jr. Right. It's a great epic right, movie, three right. hours long with an intermission. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you've done any film. I, I've watched. I've not connected. But, but yeah, it's yeah. and they may, you know, in all honesty, it's become so popular now, like the cartoons and so on. They may have it worked out, like for the conductor to use a click track but or probably something. Probably so. I would but think so, back yeah. when I was doing it, I had to like write in cues every like every two seconds, and right. so you know that because that film's not moving. Yeah. Right. And so if you find yourself ahead, then you you kind of gently pull back. Right. It's it's a tough thing to stay I would with the think film. So, yeah. And uh, so we were doing this Thief of Baghdad, and I had talked to them. We got a 35 millimeter projector and a guy to run it from Atlanta. It was great. And I told him, I said, listen, there's a two minute overture, and then, you know, it'll music will stop, people will applaud, and then when that applause dies, just put it on. And so I get in there in the pit, and I'm conducting the overture. And I, the funny thing is, I have all this on tape because I had my. Uh, VHS camera just documenting the whole thing right. from the sound booth wow. and so somebody else on staff uh, could be heard saying to this camera person um, you know as soon as I started the overture you need to start the film he said well no he told me to wait until the, the overture was done no you need to start it now so here I am a few seconds into the overture and the film starts and so what's the first thing you do? You look for any, any uh, means of um, communication, we right. had headset communication, right. nobody there. Yeah, you throw your hand in the air. Yeah, and so I ended up doing exactly, you know, what, what you did. I was like, you know, like shout whispering. Right, ah, yeah. ah, right, ah. right. And I said, okay, when I do this, we're at such and such. And we, because we had to skip pages. Of course you did. Oh, yeah. God. Right. 
this too much. On a more humorous note, uh, I, I I love this story. I was at uh, I was at a I'll just say I was at a music festival where I was associate conductor and um, was also playing a little bit of percussion in the back. And we were doing pictures at an exhibition. And we had this guest conductor come in, a Polish guy, spoke very little English. And, you know, I was, as associate, I was sort of his point person for everything. And so we're conducting, he's going along in rehearsal conducting pictures, and we get to the old castle, which, again, the trouble with unusual instruments or, right. or and of course, that's only that one movement. So you don't bring those people in all the time. But it's just a funny language thing because we get to the old castle, we get to da dee, there's nobody playing da dee 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 da dee. And he looks at me and he goes, Charles, I need sax. <laughs> and just with the accent, you know what? You know what the orchestra right, is. You can course. just feel the electricity. <laughs> And That's the funny, so funny thing about it was, I, I, I looked at him and I, you know, I'm just, tears yeah. are coming down my, because he had wow. no idea what he had said. Wow. And I said, well, I was only told we were allowed to, to have that three times. <laughs> oh, oh, man. It just, uh, funny. And he had no idea until like the next day what it was. Wow. So. I've got one more that I was thinking about uh, in um, 2009, uh, I, I um, flew from Myrtle Beach uh, every week to Bloomington, Illinois, to serve uh, as a sabbatical replacement for my mm -hmm. for the choral director at my alma mater, Illinois Wesleyan University. I teach there a few days each week and come back in time for the master choral rehearsal on Thursday nights. And they were doing um, a Verity Requiem that semester, and so I was preparing the choir. The man who was conducting had been my conducting teacher when I was an undergraduate. It was a really nice sort of full circle thing. I'd actually conducted the Verity Requiem before. He never had, and so I was even able to mentor him a little bit. It was a really nice, enjoyable experience. And then we had, um, among the soloists were two alumni who had been in school when I was in school. So there was that other connection. It's yeah. a husband and wife team. The wife's a, a, an exceptional soprano. We've had her here. I mean, you might remember we did a, a concert version of Trovatore, or the Traviata, and uh, she's anyway. She was. She's a very uh, hardcore professional. Very, very serious about her music making, and um, not always so pleasant in rehearsal and all that. You know, one of those kind and. Um, a decent, a nice person generally, just um, she's very serious about her music making. But anyway, uh, we're not too far in, maybe, I don't know, maybe the piece has been going 10 minutes or whatever, and um, the soloists are standing, or some soloists are standing, I'm trying to remember exactly where it might have been, but all of a sudden she looked a little unsteady, and she fell over forward, fell, she fainted, and wow. fell straight over forward and hit her head on her music stand. Wow. And so the performance stopped for about a half an hour. She was bleeding from her head. She regained her, uh, you know, wherewithal and insisted on continuing the performance. Bang. Came out and, and, and sang better than any of the other soloists. <laughs> and then when this concert was over, she went to the hospital and was diagnosed with a significant concussion. She had she sung wow. the, whole, the whole performance with a concussion, yeah, wow. because she had fainted. So well, you just never know. Well, I think the stories just keep on coming. I'll, yeah. I'll leave us with one, one that's, that's really kind of cute in the never you can never be too careful category. That's just one I had heard, but I think it was uh, I think it was at BU, and there was a there was a student 
uh, an Asian student uh, auditioning for a graduate program and uh, you know invoice and uh, one of the requirements was to sing in addition to classical stuff was to sing a Broadway thing or yeah, you know sure, yeah. show type too and so uh, this particular uh, candidate had picked the you know let's call the whole thing off you know sure yeah and uh, but when they got up uh, you know I guess they were you know they, they had done their undergraduate study in Asia but you know it's one of those things that you gotta read between the lines and be extremely careful but he got up and sang you say potato I say potato <laughs> Didn't totally quite get, missing the point didn't of quite get the point. Well, that's of what it says, you know? Yeah. So anyway. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, it's been fun uh, kind of getting on the lighter side of things today and just kind of uh, reminiscing on stories like this. And there are plenty more. We could sit here for oh, two yeah. hours and oh, do yeah. this, but you probably got enough of a dose. You probably have better things to do than listen to uh, old men's stories about music. But uh, anyway, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we will do more of these as the summer uh, moves ahead and we'll get into the fall and hopefully to a to a really productive and somewhat normal year it's it's been so, tough but I thought a little levity might might be nice so uh, thanks for joining us and uh, Tim it's always a pleasure likewise Charles thank you for having me I'm glad you could join us for these stories and I hope you got a chuckle out of some of them just so you know we will be continuing speaking of the arts throughout the summer covering new topics, and interviewing people in the regional music scene. So, till next time, stay safe and keep listening.